Hello. Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of February 17, 2014. This is episode room 222, and I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. Being looked at by two people that have no idea what room 222 is, <laughs> okay. which is very sad. Look it up on Google. You'll find it, I would assume. You're not even going to tell what? us? Well, maybe. With me today are... <laughs> Jackie Olson, account manager with Interval. And Adam Meyer, principal of... God, I'm, this is, it's a long title. Principal. You should just say Adam principal. Meyer, principal, Interval. There you go. There we go. Principal. Principal at Interval still works. Stop throwing spit principal, walls. Principal, comma, Interval. <laughs> I just said spit walls. Sorry. Room 22 is an American comedy drama television series produced by 20th Century Fox Television. Room 22 or 222? 222, sorry. Yeah. It was like a high school like comedy drama in the early 70s. I wasn't even Yeah, I've popular. never even heard of it. I wasn't even an, an ovary yet in the early 70s. Yeah. Anyway. Nor were my parents. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I wonder if I'm the only one who listens to this podcast or remembers Room 222. You probably don't remember Emergency 51. A car, uh, car 51? Is that what it is? No, Emergency 51. Oh. <laughs> emergency was a, a show, and then I think Emergency 51 was like a variant of it. Uh, I had no. an Emergency 51 lunchbox. <laughs> Do you still have it? No. Was I wish it, I did. Was, was, it, yeah. was it metal or plastic? Oh, metal. Oh, yeah. I, had a, I was, I'm, old en- I'm old enough to at least have had a metal lunchbox in my life. With a thermos that you lose the top for, yep. and then you end up with just a thermos I'm with a screw I'm out a thermos for you. <laughs> you know what that's from? No. You, this is the Adam? worst podcast Is it thermos ever? or lunchbox? Was it thermos? It's thermos. Oh, okay. Not yeah, just an ordinary thermos for you. Something, something. It's got something built right in. Would your parents actually put juice Steve in Martin? those? Yeah. It's What's Steve it? Martin. Is it? Hey, you put juice or soup. Keeps cold stuff cold and the hot stuff hot. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have a thermos at home? Milk? No. I had a Fall Guy Dude, lunchbox. Nice. That's good. Yeah. Very fall good. Guy? Fall Guy. It was like I probably had a $6 million man, man speaking of Fall Guy. <laughs> That's from The Jerk, I think. Is it from The Jerk? I That's what I was so. going to say. I knew it was Steve Martin. I was trying to put my finger on what movie. I just had paper brown sacks. <laughs> We're just going <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. No updates. There's so many speaking engagements coming up, but none of them are within the next month. So I need to get those up on promoted on the website. Mm-hmm. There's six, six through the next two or three months at wow. least, and maybe another one pending. On fire. Yeah. All over the countries. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to start this podcast with what I am, I'm going to call the Super Bowl ad spectacular hangover segment. <laughs> it's just as many people have hangovers after the Super Bowl. I felt like I had a hangover after I listened to the Super Bowl ad spectacular. I, I, oh, I felt, what's that? Oh, you did? I did in many ways, in many ways that's, that, that I'll go through. And some of them I think are really important in terms of marketing and healthcare marketing. And we'll end with one that I think um, is really important and where I feel probably the most chagrined. Uh, first, I have to give my sincerest apologies and acknowledge that Jackie was utterly 100% right about the Budweiser oh, horse yeah, that's right. dog ad. <laughs> Clearly, it was a separate, a separate deal. It, was, it even said at the beginning of the ad, it was a dog grooming or dog something place, a sign. Mm-hmm said 
this is the dog place and the dog came from there mm-hmm. and then the horse bar was next to it. <laughs> that was one <laughs> though i will say also more kudos to jackie um i ended up just stumbling upon brooklyn 99 and heard you guys liked it i think you both said oh. you liked it did you say that adam no, i don't think i, I know did. jackie did. what is it what yeah is i it? think it's hilarious brooklyn 99 it's with adam andy sandberg okay um mm-hmm. A couple, Terry Crews, remember I said I didn't like Terry uh-huh. Crews? Yep. He's okay at it, but I love it. I burned through the entire season on, Wow! Oh, wow, you're ahead of me. And caught up with this week, and now I've got my kids watching it because Modern Family, which is our one sitcom we love to watch, hasn't mm-hmm. been on. So anyway, thank you for that, too. Welcome. Yeah, yeah it's See, good stuff. And it's easy <laughs> it's to watch. To like little half-hour shows for a change of pace are nice. It's very cute. It's I mean, yeah. it's not hysterical, but uh-huh. it's it's funny enough, and the people are just... You know, yeah, it's just good. You like all the people on there. I had no idea Andy Samberg was doing a series. He's good in it. He is. Huh. I know. When I heard that too, I was like, really? But it's and good. the the one guy who I can't think of his name. He's got like his last name has two words in it. Um, he is a character actor that you would definitely recognize. He was in Super Bad. Did you see Super Bad? Yep. Where they like ran over him and his or he ran over. Jonah Hill in his car outside the liquor store. Yeah, yeah. And then brought him to that party and then got beat up. That guy, <laughs> he's got bug eyes. Yep. He's yeah. awesome. He's awesome. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so there's that. Um, I also felt bad, even though I knew going into the political rant that that's not always a good place to go. I have this deal that I realized after I listened to it that I'm extraordinarily intolerant of intolerance. For I was ripping on people for <laughs> in doing the same thing which is stereotyping an entire class based on the behavior of a few, which is what I was ripping on people doing. Are you referring to the Coke portion? I'm referring to the, the rant that I had about people being upset about the diverse, multicultural nature of that, which yeah. I'm still upset with those people. Right. But I went on to basically say the entire class of older white men should just move on to yeah. <laughs> which is yes, which is did. the exact same <laughs> stereotyping that these people are doing, which is equating anybody that is not white with an illegal immigrant that doesn't speak English. Right. Yes. Although so, I, I, ju- I jumped in and tried to smooth the waters a little. You bit did. You tried to help me. I, I jumped in to defend white men. <laughs> it, but it's, old it's white a, men everywhere. No, not old white men. Just I've had this self awareness before where I I get really intolerant of people who are intolerant, and it's just this weird meta yeah. mind bending thing. I, can I hate too, them, <laughs> and it's not right. I can too, but then you mean you just make like gross assumptions about groups of people. I hate people who hate that. other people. Yeah. That's bizarre. <laughs> Think about that. That's just like a snake eating its tail. I, and then I go ahead and, and exaggerate who those people are, not for who they are as individuals, but assign classes to them, which is just yeah. utterly wrong. That's it, what racists do. That's what sexism is. That's what homophobia is it's all of that it is but you know we're never gonna i mean this is the the thing about trying to get away for i, I obviously ideally if society could move away from all those from these issues but mm-hmm. the, the human brain works by generalizing things and lumping things into classes i mean that's just the way our minds work so i mean we're never going to fully get away from making generalizations and stereotypes the, it's just a matter of being aware of it and trying the only to, thing i'll say yeah, is you, it's utterly wrong to do that in terms of race, gender, sexual preference, those kind of things. Sure. Um, and, and what I was doing was equating behavior to those things, which is exactly what racism is, right? Like saying every African-American person is going to mug you because that's a stereotype. 
to say every older white guy is is intolerant is insane. <laughs> so I apologize to older white men everywhere. And the other thing I thought about, and this is getting way off topic, but because you do think about older white men and the and the abuses of power that you see every day, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But p- what I determined is it's not because they're older or white. It's because they're in power. Because right. when you think about people who are in power around the world that aren't older or white, yeah, you see the same thing. abuses of power. It doesn't matter the race. It may right, matter right. the gender because I hold out that the world would be a better place if women were in charge, not men. But maybe not. Woo-hoo. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think it's, it's I think power it's, that corrupts. It's power, yeah. Yeah. It's why you see, you know, unfor- you see things like, I don't know, this is probably maybe a bad oh. example. The Chris Christie example of where they think they can get away with those. T- the power goes to your head and you think you yeah. can get away with that kind of crap. Still holding out that maybe he didn't, that he maybe he wasn't aware, but I doubt it. Okay. Only because I want to, I want to like him for being such a straight shooter. But now I'm like, God, don't be, don't be a douche. Please. To prove my point, you must, 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 and you promise me you'll do this. Watch the documentary, The Act of Killing. The Act. Of it Killing. is the most astounding movie you will ever see. I have to write that down. It is about, ostensibly, it's about the atrocities committed in Indonesia in the 1960s where they were the US government supported a coup to overthrow a left-leaning leader, dem- democratically elected left-leaning leader because he was leaning so left that to be communist and remember this is the 60s we were fighting Vietnam and the whole communist thing and we supported both theoret- theoretically philosophically and with money and arms the government that was put in place, which killed millions of people. We encouraged it. So the, the movie is about the people, the government basically hired these thugs, these criminals to carry out, there were death squads, to carry out these killings, to kill the opposition. The movie is about a documentary filmmaker who goes back there, finds some of these killers who are now held up because this society has, has thrived. The, the, the right. filmmaker makes the analogy of imagine if Nazi Germany had had survived and the Nazis had committed the Holocaust, but the people who did it were celebrated in Germany. And you went back there and you talked to these people. Mm-hmm. How how bizarre that would be to listen to them. They're celebrated, right? Right. And he lets them depict the atrocities they did in their own movie. And there's a whole reason why he does this, which you have to see. It is the most bizarre, amazing movie you'll ever see enough I, i'm is going way off track but uh it's nominated for best documentary oh so i think it, it should be new. nominated for best movie is it but is it is it like what's the year what release year was it released must have been last year okay so you can go out i think you can get it on you might have to buy it it might be on netflix though i think i saw it there netflix has okay. like every freaking documentary yes we got it on yeah. netflix okay yeah. it's incredible so please watch it <clears throat> you have to sit through it for a while because it's so bizarre You'll be like, "What the f is this for real? Is this really happening?" Right. Well, that I can't really even describe it. There's nothing else like it I've ever seen. There's. A, it reminds me a little bit, a little bit, but on a different, a different level of a book that I picked up in an airport once, just to have a, a book to read on a flight. That was um, "Confessions of an Economic Hitman," which is a story about an American who was basically his job was he's paid by our government to go around and destroy economies throughout the world to, to our, to oh, our, to yeah. our, to our benefit. About that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it's, it's probably, uh, yeah, it's probably six, seven years old, but yeah, it was, it was very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. This, I'm telling you, this takes it to another level. 
Yeah. These people are to the point you're making before are so, so blind to what they've done and have been supported for decades as these heroes mm-hmm. that they literally, they, they enthusiastically recreate the murders they did because they want to celebrate them. Wow. It's that's so disturbing. So insane. It's yeah. so disturbing. And you just watch it and we'll talk about it after you guys have watched it. All okay. Right. Done deal. Okay. So back to marketing. Cause I do want to get there. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still in the hangover mode though, because one of the things I, I realized when I was going through is that I named my top ad, mm. the um, Chrysler ad, which yeah, I, I went on too. to say that when I first watched it, I tuned out because the first line was that idiotic, American, is there anything American, more American yeah. than America? Right. And then, but I went on in my due diligence for the show and watched every ad all the way through and came back around. Mm-hmm. And I think it made me realize that a, we need to be careful. I need to be careful in saying that that was a great ad because the first time I saw it, it lost me in five seconds. So what that made me think about is when we review these ads, it's like going to the zoo and observing animals. (laughs) There's no way you can go there and look at the monkey cage and go, yeah, that's how monkeys are out in the wilderness. Because you're intentionally sitting there to observe them. I forced myself to watch all these all the way through. I think I said that about a couple ads Mm -hmm. where the first time I saw it, like the pig, the Geico ad, I just dismissed it because I'm like, pig, Geico. But then when I forced myself to sit through it, but in the real world, I wouldn't do that. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting around just watching ads killing time watching ads. You're avoiding them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that really was a realization for me. And and I think it's fine to talk about them in the context of what do we like and what are the good ads and all that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't make it because I tried to make a distinction of I like these because I'm you know, because I like them and I like these from a professional standpoint. Mm-hmm. But from a professional standpoint, neither of those two would have held up because I would have tuned out immediately. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to say, I did not tune out. But. You're not, yeah, because yeah, I mean, that was me. Mm-hmm. For this, for next year, you're, there's no way I'm going to watch the whole Super Bowl just to watch the ads. <laughs> well, have you ever watched if the I, whole Super Bowl? To no, watch I've the never ads? watched the whole Oh, really? No, I have. For yeah, sure. I do just to watch the ads. No, I've not never. for the ads. And I've never sat football. through the Super Bowl. I've, pro- I've been at parties and stuff where it's been on, but I've, I was always talking to somebody throughout the whole thing or. Playing yeah. video games in a corner or something. Stuffing chips and guac in your face. Yeah. Guacking. <laughs> yeah. Guapping. Guapping. Okay. So <laughs> that leads to the final part of this Super Bowl ad spectacular hangover. The idea that <clears throat> maybe we get swept up in reviewing these ads. And, and I don't want to change that. I love doing it. So we just have to have a caveat that this doesn't necessarily represent um, right. what we Real believe. Yeah. <laughs> or we have to point that out. But in that sense... I feel really chagrined about an ad I I pointed I gave the award to the best use of social media integration. And that was eSurance. And the reason I said that, if you remember the eSurance ad, it was at the end of the right after the end of the Super Bowl and right. it was um John Krasinski, I think John, and Jim from the office. And they were <laughs> it was basically a contest of sweepstakes. And it made me go to Twitter and tweet their hashtag. And so for me, I thought Wow, good job! You got me to do that. That's that's great social media integration. Um, and I felt that way until I ran across an article that was posted, um, retweeted on Twitter by Eric Hansen, 
who I believe we've had on the show like mm-hmm. way a while back. Ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Who I always credit as one of the one of the few people. Adam is the other who actually got me on Twitter in like 2009 or something. Mm-hmm. And he had retweeted it. And the, the name of the story, name of the article is called "The Mind Boggling Lunacy of People Impressed with Insurance's Super Bowl Campaign." <laughs> so when I first saw that, I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, this guy's just that's a that's link bait. But this is far from link bait. It's a very in-depth, very well-written article about essentially the overreaction of the social media world to the insurance campaign, touting it for basically um, getting millions of people to tweet their hashtag, but doing nothing else. And when I thought about it, I'm like, damn, that is right. (laughs) Because we're the first people to say, you know, you need to move beyond awareness building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly we say when it comes to digital marketing that that's the last thing you should be thinking about, that it's all about engagement. And he makes the valid point that there's no engagement whatsoever. You tweet, you know. There you, was none, huh? None. There's none. There's no call to action other than that. But what does that get you? Nothing, yeah. Yeah, so so here's some some quips from it that I'll let you guys speak. Um, he opens up. So by, by the way, this is Augie Ray, uh, who posted this on social media today. <coughs> Leads off with, I'm deeply disappointed to see insurance's Super Bowl sweepstakes results widely celebrated. Six years into the social era, I thought we had reached a certain point in social media maturity where we realized that fans and followers are not leads and that relationships are built through shared values and meaningful interactions. I naively thought that we had turned a corner with widespread understanding that winning in social media occurs by providing great experiences that build long-term relationships and not with campaigns that yield short-term spikes of activity. I was wrong. Boom. He he goes on to talk about how it is celebrated everywhere. Um, He calls out kind of the social media crowd for essentially, in, in some ways, using it as like, see... Look how great this is from a kind of a self-defensive posture. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then he, he makes these points that are awesome. He's like, um, this has been going on for years. For example, four years ago, Einstein Bagels gave every new Facebook fan a free bagel, and thousands of blog posts and headlines were launched when the brand saw a 7,000% increase in Facebook fans in just three days. Six months after the Facebook stunt, Einstein reported disappointing revenue with same-store sales down more than a percent. And two years later, the company had the lowest earnings growth in its industry. The lessons from this and a thousand other sweepstakes and giveaway programs that bought fans is that fans and followers are not a business metric. And then he goes on later um, to say that a lot of people are talking about this and that, in fact, Eastern has talked about it as a case of building awareness. Um, and so his point is, first of all, why does insurance need to spend this much money on awareness? A $5 million campaign that yields 250,000 new Twitter followers, as which they claim, is a masterclass in expanding audience, quote-unquote. That represents a pricey $20 per follower, which doesn't include the people that stopped following insurance after the sweepstakes. Right. Um if fans and followers amounted to some sort of marketing or business asset, BlackBerry with 3.9 million, 3. million followers would be flying instead of knocking on death's door. <laughs> Dippendotch, which I was crushed to find this out, would have announced record <laughs> profits rather than declaring bankruptcy mere days after collecting its 5 millionth Facebook fan. 
Think about that. Wow. Dippin' Dots had 5 million Facebook fans, and it's going bankrupt. That's just, I can't believe it's going bankrupt as, at all. <laughs> um, he goes on and on, and I can bring more in it. So what do you guys think of this? I just felt, I was just like <clears throat> sheepish after I read that. I was like, damn, we just put out on our podcast, I did, that this was a great example of social media integration. And, and I believe, I agree with everything he's saying, and we've always spoken to these yeah. things, and in the... And in the glare of the Super Bowl ad spectacular, <laughs> I forgot our roots and what matters to us. I got swept away by, by dollar Krasinski signs and dollar signs. <laughs> I was bribed. Yeah, I mean, what I, do you guys I think? Agree. Yeah, I mean, I agree it, with it's this guy. it's an interesting. I mean, it, it, I guess when I when you step back and look at it from the perspective of what exactly is insurance, you know, if they're going to have an ad and do something. Was that a creative way? I mean, because we were looking at this within the context of Super Bowl ads, really, mm-hmm. and people doing things that are interesting and innovative. So if they've got $5 million or whatever it is that they're going to spend on a Super Bowl ad, is it is this worse than what they might have done otherwise? They would have just created an ad with a puppy that walks up to a horse and <laughs> smiles, and then you've got, that's now you're going to remember insurance, you know? Yes. So, but, so that's, I mean, I guess when, when you look at it in the, in the context of... Which is Super what we were ads, doing. Right, which is versus, what we were doing. versus straight up awesome, effective advertising, they did something that was interesting and had people talking. Now, whether or not that in the long run is effective or useful, let's just right. also back up and say we prefaced, I think, the show, maybe it was even the show before that, with, by saying there has been a rash of articles out lately about how, how Super Bowl ad spending in general by anybody, whether it's Coke, Budweiser, anybody, is a massive waste right. of money because none of it ever leads to anything. So, so in the end, it's like, well, what do we, you know... I would like to think that, you know, whenever we're reviewing ads and talking about it, we should, you know, we should always probably be talking about it within the context of what we believe would be effective or, or useful. But yeah. when it comes to the Super Bowl, I mean, I, I do agree that it's probably a, a massive waste of money for any brand right. who's doing this. So and then it comes down to reviewing it for being, you know, just interesting or, or creative or doing so. It's, so that's it's, the way I look at it in terms and of that. Thank one. you. You make me feel better. It was a cultural <laughs> event and we get up, we get caught up in it. Um, but yeah, without that context, that's like which chair was best arranged on the, the deck of the Titanic. That's right, what we were right. doing. Yeah. Without, you know, <laughs> yeah, reminding good, people, remember, we're on the Titanic metaphor. relative to the other things that were done right. or could be done. It's it's maybe as good as it got. I think it was the best example of social media integration mm-hmm. in the Super in Bowl. The Super Bowl. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it was a good example of social media integration or effective or use marketing. Of social right, media right. Or effective marketing, mm-hmm. which this article. I think does a fantastic job yeah, of yeah, reminding very people. Well. It's, it's, it's a very well articulated. He also, um, they, he does a great job of ripping awareness to shreds, which is great. That's more fodder for us. Um, he talks about how awareness is not a one dimensional thing, right. which is what I, we joke about that all the time. It's like, you want to build awareness, have wrong site surgery. You're going to get plenty of awareness, <laughs> right? So awareness is, there's layers and depths and shades of awareness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and so he breaks that down. He also goes even further to kind of tear apart the statistics that they put out mm-hmm. because they they make a claim. Um, let's see. Where is their claim? So... The insurance claims that there was 2.6 billion social impressions. 
Yeah, and he because there was five point four million uses of the insurance hashtag. Right, and the there's statistics that say the average tweet is seen four hundred eighty one times, or that's what the that math went up to. Right, that's crazy. Yeah, <clears throat> right. The average tweet is seen four hundred eighty one times. And that's basically by saying, like, I have, I don't know, I have a thousand followers, right? right? So if I put out a tweet, a thousand, my thousand followers saw that tweet, right? Sorry, <laughs> I don't know how many people I follow, hundreds, and I, I can remember, or that's another part of it, but I see, yeah, not a tweets from all yeah. of them, what is or what all is, their tweets, what is seen? It right. means that it would pass through my periphery while I was quickly scrolling. But not even my literally periphery. seen. Start with right. that. It's not even. I don't even literally see it. But then even if I do see it, meaning it passes through my vision, right, doesn't right. mean I see it. Or saw it. Really which is his point. On it, yeah. It's the same as billboards. And we've talked about right, that before. Right. Because people always tell, you know, we got <clears throat> 6 million impressions with these billboards. No, 6 million eyeballs passed the billboard. That doesn't right. mean it was even seen. Right. And if it was seen, how was it seen? Right. And even if it was seen and remembered, what's the, you know, it's just, anyway. Yeah, Love this article. Um, it's kind of interesting because it only has like two comments, one of which is the author responding to somebody else. Um, I would have thought it would have gotten more. It's just so well done. Well, there's only one like on it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, Deserves I'm... more. There's also humor in it because he, 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 you know, he makes the point that, you know, it ran into a lot of the same issues that a lot of these um, – Twitter campaigns run into where there's no call to action, where you get a lot of negative <laughs> tweets. So he's got a screenshot of somebody who calls himself shit food blogger. <laughs> and here, are, here are three tweets. I'm waiting for my mom to die. Pound insurance save 30. My dad abandoned me. Pound insurance save 30. I bet Woody <laughs> Allen is excited about pound insurance. <laughs> Those are all, of course, counted in insurances. Look right. at our amazing right. social views. Every mention, even the bad yes. stuff. Right. Oh, anyway. That's fantastic. So appreciate uh, Eric Hansen passing that along. Uh, I'm glad I, I actually read it. And uh, Adam, you make me feel better, but I do think we, we owe our audience more in that yes. we should be more clear and aware of when we're going uh, off yeah. on these things that, because that really is fundamentally not what we support. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. awareness yeah. for awareness sake and sweepstakes and coupons and all that nonsense. What's we're going to have different criteria next year for yeah, our Super Bowl yeah. ad review. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing about a podcast like ours. A lot of times they're conversational and you start going off on something and it's, you know, it's your, Sometimes there aren't all, all those filters applied <laughs> that you might apply to something that you are authoring and vetting. Right. And, right. You know. So well, and there are so many the of them. That's the beauty of a podcast, too. Yeah. Okay. Do we need to wrap this up quick? <laughs> do we want to, to touch on paper real quick? Let's, yeah, let's touch real on Real quick, quick, Adam. Can you do it quick? I know this is the kind of thing that you could go as long as I just did. Yeah, we could do a whole show on paper, probably. I just, in yeah, fact, I just, one of my favorite podcasts I, is uh, the talk show with John Gruber from Daring Fireball. And he had, um, oh crap, I forget who he had on. But I was listening to his latest show yesterday, and the talk show, and um, they talked a lot about paper. And he was actually, John Gruber is not a Facebook follower. And he said that, so he's been, he's, one of his lines in the show was that he, he wanted to, he, he, he wants to, he's going to get paper and use paper. And that's, it's going to be the thing that's going to get him to sign up for Facebook. 
Although he wanted to, you know, kind of hold to that mentality or being able to say, I never signed right. up for Facebook. But he's like, I, I've, he's like, it's stupid for me to, to cling to that one. I want to try this because apparently he knows somebody who worked on it and did some of the development, led some of the development work, I think, for it. So he had kind of a sneak peek before it came out. But it was so interesting. Quickly, what do you it think was is interesting the main... to listen to? Let me just say it was interesting to listen to them talk to it because these are tech guys who know their stuff and they were really talking about it as more of like, this is what it is could potentially be the way an, an, like iOS could work the way with the layers and the moving things. And so anyway, let's talk From a, a design little bit about, standpoint, right, a little right. bit, you know why I'm saying a little bit, right? We can talk more about this in a future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. should definitely, you get to your number one thing that you think is fascinating about, cause I have one and I won't go too into depth. I would just say that it's hard to say what the number one thing, I would say the overall experience, okay. it's kind of a, it's just, it's such a, more creative and immersive way to experience this type of content, Facebook content. Um, but it's in its infancy. You know, there's no advertising in it yet. Aside from if you mm, want to count true. some of the brand, you know, branding yeah. from the, from the news sources and stuff to be advertising. Um, but it's a really interesting way. I mean, it's a beautiful UI. I love the way that it works. You know, I, I sent, I tweeted that I'm sure usability experts will rip it apart for not having like obvious visual buttons and cues for how to do something. You know, it's all about quote unquote grabbing things with your thumb and moving it around. I mean, it's this layer of things that you slide around, move around, flip down. Um, but once you start using it, it becomes very intuitive. Um, and they mm-hmm. have the, the, when you install the app, you get, it kind of steps you through the ways to use it or the way to use it. The video is kind of obnoxious. I hate it when there's an app that you install it and run it for the first time and you have to watch some little video that shows you mm-hmm. what it is. It's like, come on, you don't need that. Especially when they have the little tutorial that steps you through doing things on it, um, which is not invasive because when you're stepping through it, you're actually using the app, um, which I thought was actually a really a neat way to do something like that. So anyway, I'm just going to have to say the whole experience of using it is is very innovative. I mean, they borrowed some cues from some other apps, kind of like Flipboard, um, which we've, I think we've talked about in the past too, but it's cool. We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk deeper about yeah, it. Yeah, we can talk deeper show. about it. I think the the one thing for me is nothing to do with the actual app. It's more, and I read this in Business Week. It's more. It, it shows where Facebook is going, which is also where a lot of folks may go. Which is the acknowledgement that there is likely not going to be one destination. I mean, Facebook wanted to be the place to go mm-hmm. and they kept building these components and components and components. And now they're realizing there are other ways people want to engage. There are other things they want to do and it, and they're not best served through Facebook. So they're literally, I mean, to, to them, the best way to continue success is not to expand Facebook. It's to disrupt Facebook, right? which is, a huge acknowledgement and mm-hmm. just a really interesting business strategy. Um, I mean, they're over a billion users. They have, they have, I don't know, it's like 75% of the people on the internet have Facebook accounts. So their right. growth is limited with Facebook per se. Right. But the opportunity to deliver different experiences <clears throat> that are more focused. Um, anyway, you talked a little bit about that last time, Adam, and how it can be frustrating, but let's save that for a different, because yeah. I think yeah. there's, Pros and cons. Well, on that note, too, I like it. <laughs> on that note, there's a reason that they didn't that Instagram didn't become right. Facebook Photos. You know, when they bought that, it's inst- yeah. it's still Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, Which speaks it's for, to it's that. for that very reason. You know, yeah. I think they probably learned a few things too during that acquisition or that yeah. purchase. So, cool. all right, yeah, we should talk about it more though. Yeah, we make we'll make a solemn promise to our listeners that we will not talk about the Super Bowl next. Time. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. The ship sailed now. The ship sailed. Mm-hmm. Let's eat. Let's eat. All right. Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Ambassadors. This is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Olson. And Adam Meyer. Talk to you next week.